What the fuck is we doing? Yeah. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Okay, I already know this fucking works. Wanna know how? Because I've been doing a podcast with my best friend and it took us, God, like two months to even figure out this equipment until we realized that like you literally just plug it in and the sound feedback in your headphones doesn't come through on the podcast. So whatever. Hey guys, what's up? It's Lex. It me on literally Lex, the podcast living to make you feel seen and heard. I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing. This has been the most intimidating, scary thing that I've ever done. I guess like some context is in order. I started a podcast about my breakup. It wasn't, okay, scratch that. I started a podcast that's origin was my breakup. Me and my best friend both got dumped out of the fucking blue by these boys. And it was at very, very traumatic times for both of us when we were already dealing with other aspects of grief. Um, we were like, fuck, you know, we were in these very codependent relationships with these boys and we didn't know what the fuck we were going to do when we got back to school. So we were like, fuck it. We're going to start a podcast. So we tried. Um, it's really hard to start a podcast when you don't have the same schedule. You don't feel like inspired at the same times and you're both trying to like grieve your relationship with a boy that you were like seriously in love with and all this other shit is happening. And you're both on different pages because I got dumped a month before her. So it was like I was going through everything and like two or three weeks later, she would be going through that thing. And by the time, and then it was just not adding up well. And so with Corona and everything, we decided that I was just going to do the podcast on my own, try and finish up my minor in writing final project do it with some friends. That was fine. I invited my friends on. My friend Victoria came on and we talked about guy friends and toxic masculinity and being bisexual. My friend Natasha came on and we talked about trying to fix guys that you're dating and why we think that we can when we probably can't. And then I recorded with my friend Reagan. And Reagan and I have unreleased audio that is actually very cattywankously messed up, but maybe someday you'll hear it in a bloopers episode. I don't know. But in that conversation with Reagan, we obviously talked about, you know, her being the new girl transitioning to Michigan from MSU, her issues with like her high school ex and kind of that breakup. And as I was re-listening to the audio and going to edit it, I realized that I wasn't a actively listening to her and B like I was still so caught up in dealing with what had happened in my last relationship. I was so confused about how the fuck in the last year so much had changed because for context, April of 20, fuck, what year was that? April of 2019. So a year ago, I was clowning around at the fraternity. 
I was just like on my bullshit, like just wilding out, having a good time, really enjoying myself, like very much leaning into hyper god Lex, who we will talk about later in this segment. But I was on my bullshit, right? And being on my bullshit, I began to get caught up in control. I wanted this like power and control. Um, when Reagan and I were going to the frat, there was another one of our friends was with us and that friend had kind of created this relationship with the frat for our sorority. And I was so threatened by that. And I just felt so inferior to her. Right. And the reality of the situation was that like, (laughs) there was no sort of like competition for like who was liked the best, but it felt like it. And so it was becoming this thing where my ex was clearly into me. He had asked me to date party. It was very obvious. We all knew it, whatever. I wasn't really down for anything like that at the time. And I would watch him and her kind of like flirt or just like be friendly like I don't know where you really draw that like boundary when you're like playing drinking games or like hanging out at a party but it would make me feel some type of way and I think that feeling of feeling some type of way is what prompted me to be like okay boy let's try this thing and like let's see what happens and I kind of lost myself in the relationship I was so infatuated with like being in love and having this great like Greek life love story of like his parents, you know, are so great. And his dad went to Michigan and we go to Michigan and we can have little Michigan babies and like, it's perfect. And it's like a fairy tale and la 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 la. I was so caught up in that. Right. And so many people come to college with that. Like, I'm going to meet my person. We're going to have this like great love story in college. Like it's going to be a fairy tale and lots of people do it. Not necessarily. I don't think in our generation, but lots of people did it back in the day, like the eighties, the nineties, our parents did it. I don't think we're really doing it anymore. I don't think that we're at the same like functioning that people were at when like they were in college in 1980. But I do think that that perception of, oh my God, I'm supposed to find my person and we're supposed to both like be in Greek life and have this like love thing that like really fucked me, right? Got me dumped, got me in a relationship that I like got out of and then I didn't know what the fuck was real anymore. I was just like, wait, so am I the girl that I was when we were dating or am I the girl that I was before we started hooking up and like we were like kind of frenemies like what where is this lie so as I was going through the back to the podcast with Reagan as I was going through the podcast with Reagan we got on the conversation of the first night that we went out together um after the breakup and it's in the trailer actually I think but or maybe it's in the goodbye to what now episode. There's a clip of the audio somewhere. And she says, you know, I really felt like you were back. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. That's it. That is it. That's how you know that you 
made the right decision to not only be out of the relationship, but also that you know that, like, it's okay. And, like, you are going to find yourself again and it's okay. And so with that, I was kind of like, okay, I know how to get over a breakup. I should have just done everything everyone told me to. Like, when we broke up, I should have stopped contact. I should have just, like, done my thing, got my shit done, really leaned into my female friendships, really just, like, focused on me, myself, all of that. I did everything wrong. Um, I continued having a communication with my ex. I continued to, like, have a really weird relationship with my ex. I immediately got back on dating apps. I immediately met someone new and got into, like, a very involved long-distance relationship. Uh, I did lean into my female friendships, and I've actually built, like, a tribe of women that I couldn't be more grateful for, speaking of, but I definitely got stuck in the breakup, and the podcast got me stuck in the breakup of, like... I was just sitting there and I was popping off about guys and I was really just like going round and round about my ex, going back and forth between like, do I fucking hate him? Do I forgive him? Am I the bad guy? Is he the bad guy? Who's the liar? And I'm at this point now where none of it fucking matters because who the fuck cares? Like at this point, we've been done for five months. He's moved on. I've moved on. We're not speaking. I'm blocked everywhere. His friends are unfollowing me on Instagram. It's fine. I've made TikToks about it. That's just what it is at this point. This is what being in college and in a relationship is. I don't know, but it's done, right? And I found myself again, or like I'm starting to. So to get over a breakup, after, you know, you've done what everyone tells you and you like cry about it and you take a lot of baths and you have wine and, you know, you write down all the things on paper that you loved about the person and you hated about the person and you burn the paper and, you know, do all that good cathartic releasing, right? Letting that shit go. Once you do that, you go through your grief for a while. You're kind of just left feeling very empty. And you're like, who the fuck am I? what the fuck am I doing? And where am I going to go now? And so I decided that I would start this podcast to talk about who the fuck I am, what the fuck I'm doing, and where the fuck I'm going. And part of that is being a mental health advocate and creating a space where my friends can come on this podcast and talk about whatever it is they're going through and not only get some of my great like feedback and advice, but also just like have the space to like be honest and open. Um, I think that this is a space for faith. Um, I am Catholic. I do hold a lot of beliefs based on my Catholic upbringing. My time is spent in all girls Catholic school. Um, my time spent every morning with my 365 days of Jesus daily devotional and the Bible and all that good stuff. I will say though, 
that if you're kind of turned off by that whole like Jesus Bible thumping vibe that I may be giving you right now, just know that I do take a very modern approach to Jesus. I view Jesus as a bro. We are bros. He wore a fucking toga. He had fucking Birkenstocks on and he had a bunch of followers. Jesus is like the OG influencer. So I don't really know what you think about that, but you'll definitely get that on this podcast thrown in at my leisure. Um, What else will you get? You'll definitely get astrology. I'm big into astrology. I have three astrology apps. I read them every morning. I pin the stuff that I think is important. I screenshot the stuff that I think will help me kind of write more. I get a lot from my astrology apps. I know you might think like, oh, it's just garbage, but you get a lot of meaning out of it. It's the same reason that people take personality tests. Like you're just trying to be introspective. So learning more about yourself, that's cool. That's something that I really value. So hopefully I'll get to do that with my friends on this podcast. Um, What else? Music. I totally forgot to touch on music. Music is this subtle theme that is always going on in the background. And I've been ignoring it because it's so intimidating to me to feel like I have any sort of authority with music because I'm not a musician. I used to sing choir in like middle school. I used to have solos, but I kind of like gave that up because when I went to Catholic school freshman year, they had like a show choir and I didn't really want to be in like show choir, like glee. I just wanted to be like in regular choir or like, I don't know. I didn't really want to be like a theater girl and all that. I did play the guitar since I was three, but I don't play anymore. My hands are far too soft and my nails are far too long to successfully play. But I do listen to a fuck ton of music. I do have that more hippy dippy side where I listen to, you know, the Grateful Dead, Almond Brothers, Fish, jam bands. Um, and then there's definitely that more country girl side, Luke Bryan, Luke Combs, uh, Brad Paisley, Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney, Old Dominion whatever, modern and old country. Don't forget like Garth Brooks and Brooks and Dunn and all that good stuff. Uh, then there's like, obviously my more going out Lex. She loves R&B and hip hop music to make you drop your ass to the grass and anything really in between. I'm into music that has a lot of meaning. Um, lyrics have a lot of meaning for me. If any of you have spent time on my minor in writing website, you'll see that my cathartic journey through my breakup and through writing and to get to this point was very, very, very influenced by music, very, very influenced by making playlists, very influenced by finding my feelings and finding, like, making sense of my life through music. And through these shared experiences that I had with these artists, it's so interesting to me that an artist that has never met any one of us or never, like, they don't sit around trying to figure out what it is that we've been through to write about it for us. You know, they just 
write about what they've been through and they put their feelings out there for everyone to hear. And then it evokes emotion in us, right? Even my friends who claim that they have like no feeling, no emotion, they get captivated by music. And so there's this whole thing of like feelings and emotions and music, right? So I'm going to talk about that on here probably a lot. I honestly wish that I would have realized how important music was to me as far as it pertains to like my writing and my creation, like my creative process earlier. And I wish I would have like articulated my ability to like write about music better before I threw myself into podcasting because I would have loved to have like a music podcast. But in order to do that, I would probably have to stop making playlists once a week that are 600 songs long and like listening to so much new music that when people ask me, oh my God, like what are you listening to right now? I can't even fucking tell you because I'm listening to so much music at like an inordinate level of insanity. And it's been like that for months. Music has been my way of like checking out and just being able to like get through it. So yeah, you're going to get faith. You're going to get music. You're going to get astrology. You're going to get advice. You're going to get my emotional feelings. Um, Vulnerability and courage are something that drive my life. I think it's actually super funny because when I went to Africa last summer, everybody was like, you're so vulnerable and you know, you're so authentic and you're so honest and you're so yourself and you have no shame. And the reason that that group of people thought that about me is because it was true with them. I did not like have any walls. There were no walls up because I was in this situation where I just needed to survive and I needed to build this community of people. And I realized that the only way that we were going to get close was if we just like shared everything and just got really into it. And I think I've learned that on all of my trips abroad. You're with this group of people, normally like less than 15 guys and girls, and you're just kind of trying to survive whatever circumstances that you're in. I think that in Africa, the last summer that I like when I was there last summer, it was, you know, surviving, kind of unpacking other people's trauma and how you kind of deal with the fucked upness of the world and deal with not having control over it. And then when I was in Costa Rica, when I was in high school, it was, we were surviving on this fucking remote island, saving sea turtles and like staying up all hours of the night on these weird walking shifts. And you get so close because you not only unpack like all of your shit that you've been through, because like it comes up when you're abroad, like your deepest, darkest, like fears, insecurities, depression, anxieties, whatever, it comes out. And you address it and you kind of find your people on the trip that like share those things and it's really like uniting and it gets you through it and that's how you survive being abroad. But it's so funny because when I was abroad, I was so vulnerable and so courageous and so honest, right? And I realized that like I hadn't been like that at Michigan at all. I completely filtered myself to like my entire friend group. I 
had felt really detached and closed off from everyone and like alone. Even though I had all these friends, I was like thriving with my boyfriend. I was thriving with like a fraternity. I was thriving in my sorority. I still felt so fucking alone and like nobody understood me. Nobody saw me. Nobody was going to be there for me when it got really fucking hard or when I was going to go through something. And my grandpa got diagnosed with ALS the summer before my sophomore year of college. And I just think that that actually he got diagnosed somewhere before my freshman year, but I didn't really talk about that with anyone. And, you know, I tend to just like drop my trauma into random conversations and like disclose it to my friends in a really passive way. I will just be like, oh yeah, my dad died when I was three, but it's not a big deal. Don't even say you're sorry. Like it's fine. It's literally fine. We don't need to talk about it. Or like I was in Hurricane Katrina. I'll just like drop it and just like keep moving through the conversation. And those things are really jarring for people. And you can't just like subtly work it in. You have to like, you know, talk about it and be like, yeah, you know, this happened and it was fucking shitty or whatever. And like it obviously still affects me in some ways in certain situations. And that is what it is. But yeah, I don't know. I think that I felt the most authentic and real and confident version of myself when I was in Africa, even though I felt like my life was like falling apart because I didn't know how to cope with like being abroad in a new place where like I didn't have support systems like established. And I was just like really just shocked. Lots of culture shock, right? Um, but I do remember feeling just like the most authentic version of myself. And I realized that with the breakup, like I didn't know who the fuck I was anymore because I had built up this person that was based on the fraternity and Greek life and Michigan and this like fake thing that doesn't really exist because it's like, what they put on an admissions catalog. Like it's not real life. And I just, I started this podcast, right? And I think it's important to talk about the cover art because I spent a lot of time thinking about what outfits I was going to wear and what I was going to make the background look like. And there's a lot of meaning behind it. And it also tells you a lot about me and my life story and kind of who I am. So with that, let's talk about the cover art a little bit. So the background, it's pink and purple, kind of like a cotton candy sky. That's like my favorite thing in the entire world is when the like the sunset is like pink, purple, and blue. And not really orange. I don't really like orange sunsets for those of you who do. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, so sunsets, that kind of like pink and purple, it's just like, it makes me feel good, right? That's like my good energy, my good peace color. Uh, purple is actually like my power color now. When I was in elementary school, my mom used to always want to dress me in purple and she was like, it makes your eyes look so beautiful. It's such a great color for your skin. And I was like, no, fuck you. <laughs> I fucking hate purple. Like, I'm only wearing blue, blah, blah, blah. 
And I still definitely have like my affinity for teal and mint and those colors, but definitely powder blue still holds big home in my heart. Love me my Easter pastels, but purple has become this very powerful color for me. And it's actually funny because I was reading online the other day about how purple is this color of like strength and power. So the fact that it's my power color is just fitting. Um, what else? So continuing on, let's start in the bottom left with Country Girl X. You'll see her double pigtail braids. Those are a good summer vibe for me. Very easy to throw my hair in pigtail braids and not have to worry about it. Um, my sunglasses, those are actually my sunglasses that have a bottle opener on the uh, like earpiece tag. They're really cool. Um, I'm holding a beer with a koozie. The koozie has the Simpsons on it, which is actually my dad's favorite show. He passed away when I was three. See how I worked that into the conversation subtly, but yeah, so that's a little bit of a tribute to him. Um, my t-shirt has Corona on it. I do love Corona, but I like Bud Light Lime more. Yeah, that's just a St. Louis thing. I mean, Bud Light and Natty Light, all that good stuff coming from Anheuser-Busch. You're welcome. Um, and then obviously like my cowgirl boots, my cutoff jean shorts, very country, very Southern. Um, I would not say that St. Louis is the South. Everybody always asks me that. Is St. Louis the South or is Missouri the South? It's not the South, like geographically. Uh, culturally, I would like to, anyone I ever, anyone I've ever told that it wasn't the South, culturally, I'd like to take that back. It definitely is because St. Louis is a city and we have this kind of Southern hospitality, I guess you could call it. And also like Southern high society, there's not plantations and it's not like, you know, a debutante ball, but we do have debutante balls, um, and like coming outs and all that good high society stuff. But there's also then like rural Missouri where people have farms and go four wheeling and horseback riding and all of that for, as a former horse girl, I can say that like, yes, you definitely go coming from St. Louis, get caught up in the country, but there's still like that city aspect. Um, so yeah, keeping on with the St. Louis vibe, we have high school Lex in her plaid skirt and her Sperry's and her middle school sweatshirt from when she went to co-ed private school. I'm not going to get into all that drama right now, but for anybody who knows me from middle or high school and you're like, wait, Lex, you graduated from public school. Yeah, I did. You're right. I did go to public school for junior and senior year. I did dual enrollment. I took AP classes. It was great. For those of you who think that I got kicked out of private school in eighth grade and sophomore year, you would be wrong. In eighth grade, I chose to go and get a Catholic education because I was sick of boy drama and I thought that eliminating boys would eliminate my issues. But then I went ahead and um, realized that even when you go to an all-girls school, there's boys that go to all boys schools and they'll create drama for you. And not only that, but then you start dating someone and they are so crazy that they make you crazy. And then that causes drama too. So boys in conclusion, cause drama. We already, we've been new. That was the entire premise of the last podcast. Like boys are the worst. Um, so yeah, I still consider myself a private school girl. I spent 
the most significant amount of time there. Those experiences are impactful to my life today. And here we are. So then we have, continuing across the bottom, uh, Grateful Dead Lex. She has light, lighter, more, not quite brown, like not quite brown, more of a dark blonde hair um, with purple highlights. I dyed my hair purple in quarantine. I don't know if I'm ever going to change it back, honestly, because it has been this like really weird experience where I'm like, wow, you look so different, but also so grown and so yourself. So who knows if I'll say my Grateful Dead jacket, obviously my middle finger, because I do not believe in giving a fuck about things that do not matter. Obviously give a fuck about things that matter. Give a fuck about your mental health. Give a fuck about your family. Give a fuck about love, your relationships, maintaining, you know, positivity and all that good stuff. But don't give a fuck about the shit that doesn't matter. Don't give a fuck about the negativity. Don't give a fuck about people judging you. Don't give a fuck what people think because the only people that should matter to you are the people that you actually like value their opinion, right? So if my best friend tells me, hey dude, like, you're kind of acting a little bit off, like, is everything good? You know, whatever. They're holding me accountable. That's awesome. They're showing up for me. You have hard conversations with your friends because you owe that to them. That's what good friendship is. However, if that bitch that doesn't even know you, that has barely spoken two words to you, is like talking shit on you, you don't give a fuck about that bitch. Why? Because they don't know you. So why does their opinion of you matter? And why are you going to try and change that opinion? Because clearly that opinion was formed out of like their own personal issue. That is what it is. Continuing on, we have Lex in the bottom right hand corner shooting beer pong in her sambas and her Michigan gear. Oh boy, oh boy. Lex is not good at beer pong. I suck because I don't have hand-eye coordination. There's a reason that I always wanted to like sit out and gym in elementary school. It's because like I suck at sports. I was okay at soccer. I was nothing special. I can't fucking juggle. I can't kick that fucking rainbow thing. Like I just was good at like using my body and kicking the ball really far. So I was a sweeper. If anyone knows what that is, what up? But yeah, I really can't even like shoot a goal. Or, like, I mean, I guess, like, I can kind of dribble. I don't know. My skills are definitely off now. But I used to play soccer, so I wear my sambas because indoor soccer, like, changed my life when I was in seventh grade. But that's a different story for another time. So, yeah, frat starlux. You got Grateful Dead Lex, who's also very angsty and bitchy. You got Catholic Girl Lex, who really loves her faith and her Jesus. And then you got country girl Lex. She's just, she's wild. And then in the middle, you have now Lex. I like to call her now Lex because the outfit she's wearing, I feel like I not only wear at least once a week now that I'm home, but when I was at Michigan, like it was all the time. Like if you have seen my TikToks, which sorry to my ex and sorry to also my current boyfriend, because you're kind of all I use for content. Ooh. But if you see my TikToks, like I'm in that outfit so much. And the powder blue top, I already talked about, kind of like my power color, my hydro flask with my stickers. Um, the stickers, you probably cannot see at all, like what they say, but it's uh, that 70s show sticker of Tommy Chong. And then also 
a quote by Jackie, like, if I could run across a beach into my own arms, I would. Because I would. If I could just date myself, that would be awesome. Like, if I could literally just, like, clone myself and date her, that'd be amazing. Because she's fucking awesome, and I'm awesome, and we could date each other. Anyway, so yeah, and, like, my scrunchie, my uh, friendship bracelets, same old, same old. Uh, Yeah, my Birkenstocks living like Jesus. You're welcome. And then my socks with my tacos and my avocados because half Mexican life. So yeah, that's kind of my cover art and the origin of it all. I don't really know what I wanted this episode to be because there's just so much in my mind that I have not been able to talk about or wanted to talk about and not just sat down and talked about because I'm so intimidated and I also am so overwhelmed by the fact that I'm surrounded by people who have very similar ideas to me. Um, I am very inspired by the work of Justine Frolker and Brene Brown. They both talk a lot about like courage and empathy and vulnerability and living in your truth and sharing your story to create like this culture of, you know, unity and also feeling seen and heard and having compassion for each other and empathy for each other. Um, yeah. So their ideas are awesome. And I definitely don't want to just like be regurgitating everything that they have told me or shared through whatever platform they share their information whether it's a podcast or YouTube or any of that. But I will preface it by saying that a lot of my ideas are influenced by them as far as the whole story sharing thing goes. I will also say that a lot of it comes from my own just like journaling, introspection, my life experience, what my friends are going through, um, connecting with people who are very similar to me is terrifying because we think the same things. And then it's like, okay, we're all already thinking it, but like, why don't we talk about it? And so we're going to talk about it here. It's going to be great. Hopefully my friends find the time to sit on here with me and listen to me be this scatterbrained human. I normally outline my podcasts. However, this one has just gone rogue because it was just supposed to be about me, but how can I tell you about myself if I don't know what you need to know? I could just tell you my life story, but what fun would that be? Because that will unfold across the podcast, and there's so many good funny stories. I don't know. I think that the funny thing about this whole podcast is that I'm the girl that on the first day of class, I sit in the back. Even if it's like the class I'm most excited about, like I'm chilling in the back. I don't want you to make me tell you my name. I don't want to give a fun fact. I don't even want to say my major and what year I am. Just like, don't talk to me. Just let me like chill here in the back, observe, see what the vibe is, whatever. And then like two or three weeks into class, I'm sitting in the front and I'm talking all the fucking time. I'm raising my hand. I have fucking 12,000 things to say. Like I'm just popping off. If it's a class that I'm like thoroughly interested in. and that is like not the way to do things because you feel like you're like constantly playing catch up or like constantly trying to like get meet this like deadline 
and trying to like prove something because you were like the quiet person and now all of a sudden you're loud. And it's this very weird complexity that I'm constantly dealing with in myself is like balancing this like when is my voice too loud and when is my voice too quiet? And so with that, this podcast is for me to turn my volume all the way up and be loud, tell my truth, tell my story, let my friends tell their truth, let my friends tell their story and literally just feel fucking seen and heard. Because I think that the only way that we're going to get through this like uncertain time and life in general, which has so many uncertainties and complexities to it on a daily basis, is to focus on the good, focus on the light, focus on the things that we're grateful for, and focus on what we've learned from the experiences that were hard. Because I think that if a breakup taught me anything, if losing the people that I've lost in my life to death have taught me anything, if my trauma has taught me anything, it's that out of darkness and out of the ashes comes the most light and the most growth. And I cannot express in a more authentic way how grateful I am for everything that I've been through as hard as it is as emotional as it is as much as I could cry about it all day long and be fucking sad and depressed I am so grateful for it because it makes me so much stronger it makes me so much more capable and it gives me the experience to help other people. If everything in my life had just been perfect, the boy I dated in my freshman year of high school, he had just been my high school sweetheart. He was the one. Everything worked out perfectly. We went to college together. We got married. We had baby. Like if everything was perfect, it would be like useless. Like what purpose would I serve on this earth to help other people if I hadn't been through it? For those of you who don't know, I'm a psych major and I hope to like study children and emotions and trauma and like trauma processing and kind of how that pans out in adolescence and emerging adulthood. And it's like I'm researching these other kids who I understand on this next level because of all of the like early adversity I faced. And at the same time, I have these relationships with like my younger cousins, my friends, and I'm able to give them like really, really, I'd like to say it's quality advice um, about their lives and they find it really helpful. I'm not super good at taking my own advice. So I also have like made so many mistakes that I'm willing to like share with you and help you learn from my mistakes so you don't make your own. I don't really know. I am super confident that in some way, somehow, this is going to help someone somewhere. I just haven't really figured out how yet. I do want there to be a heavy music focus. I do want there to be a heavy faith focus, heavy mental health focus, heavy introspective focus. I won't continue to preach on astrology because I know that like I'm going to talk about other things like personality tests and stuff like that. But I do think that I 
want people to come on this show and tell me about themselves and tell me about how they have navigated college, navigated adulthood, navigated adolescence, whatever, and what they learned, who they are, and how that person's still developing. Obviously, I can sit here and tell you who I am to the, at this point, at 21 years old, who I think I am. But in another five years, I probably won't be anything like who I am now. I know that five years ago, what the hell was I doing? I was a sophomore, about to be a junior. I was switching schools. I was a complete fucking wreck. So unstable. Like, not not in a good place at all. Honestly, one of the probably worst places I've ever been in in my life. And... I don't think that that version of me would have ever thought that I would be sitting in the house that I'm sitting in, in the room that I'm sitting in, doing what I'm doing right now. So with that, I'm going to cut myself off because this has just turned into me rambling and I'm probably going to post this unedited. So sorry guys, if you don't like me talking myself in circles, but Yeah, this has been about me with Lex and kind of what you're going to get out of this podcast and me explaining how the fuck we got here. I don't want you guys to think that this is just a place for me to like give myself talk therapy. (laughs) I have a therapist for that, but it is definitely a space for me to process a lot. So processing from the present also, but your past affects your present. And so you're going to get to hear a lot. And honestly, it's going to be really funny because there are so many misconceptions from middle school, high school, and college that people have of me and my life and my situation. Because unless you like are the one of the 42 people that follows my Finsta, you don't know what the fuck is going on with me. And even if you do follow my Finsta, like half of that shit is just me popping off. And the other half is me being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have popped off. So if you want like the real, the tea, you want the tea on Lex, you want the tea on life, you want the tea on mental health, you want the tea on Jesus. Here I am. I got the tea. It's hot. Ooh. Okay. That's all I have for you today. I am going to end it with a thank you. And I hope you liked this episode. I hope you subscribe. I hope that you reach out to me with some feedback. You can check out my page on Spotify. I will link my Literally Lex playlist on Spotify into the bio on the Spotify page for the podcast. I hope that you guys are surviving this quarantine and keeping your heads up and not letting yourself get into the darky darks. I know it's really easy. I know for my Michigan friends, we're in finals right now. For my friends who are on the quarter system, so my Stanford friends or other private institutions that do quarters, um, you're just starting your semesters. So I hope that you guys are kind of adjusting well to being online. And then for my friends who are not on a Michigan four-month summer plan but are on a semester system, you're just coming up towards final season. You're probably also kind of freaking out. Take a deep breath. Check in with yourself. Take a little midnight drive. Take a sunset drive. Have a beer if you're of age. And just kind of 
let yourself have some grace in this time and really just be. So with that, thank you. You guys are amazing. You're all beautiful. You're all superstars. You're all icons. And yeah, I hope to see you next week or whenever the next episode drops. Peace, love, just keep vibing.